the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. Now, in addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees of law. Uh, one is a master of the laws of taxation law, and the other is a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Both of these master's degrees in law were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the beautiful downtown San Francisco. Because of my training, my experiences, and my interests, I primarily practice bankruptcy law debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and, of course, taxation law. And I'm also proud to say that as part of my practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of the various forms of financial elder abuse that's running rampant in our country today. And, as always, I'm so pleased to be able to come to you again today from the beautiful KFAX studios in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, as always, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an outline of some of the issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. Again, I think that anybody dealing with their Financial issues, especially those that might concern keeping a roof over you and your children's head and keeping food on the table, you really need to find professional help. Because otherwise, when you go to court and represent yourself, it's like taking a knife to a gunfight. Everybody else in the courtroom is likely going to be represented by a lawyer. And that includes your adversary. And everybody else in the courtroom has a law degree, including the judge. And the person that you might not see in the courtroom who's helping the judge, that is to say, his or her law clerk. So, again, you don't want to take a butter knife to a gunfight. You really need to find professional help. Otherwise, you might find that your valid cause of action against somebody that you need to bring into court or your valid defense 
after someone brings you into court will likely arrive at the promised land way before you do. So once again, in case you haven't figured out what this show is about here on KFAX, it's to help you think about, by me discussing your money-related issues, or more than likely the lack thereof, and what you may need to consider to protect your family or your small business's financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening form. Now, today, we're going to continue our discussion of Bankruptcy 101, uh, focusing in on a a new uh, code, a new section of the Bankruptcy Code. Once again, bankruptcy is a federal legal procedure that can be used by individuals, families, and by families I mean spouses and partners that are recognized by the jurisdiction where you live and also can be used by businesses large and small. Uh, So you, you just need to make sure that if you're going to file for bankruptcy, you file it for a legitimate reason and that you're the type of individual or entity that uh, is able to file under the specific section of the bankruptcy code. For example, if you want to file under uh, 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 Section 12 or you want to be a, a, a Chapter 12 debtor, it's only for farmers and fisher persons. Uh, so you, you need to know, uh, uh, marry yourself up with the proper uh, section that you want to file under. Okay? Now, again... Bankruptcies can be used by individuals, families, large and small businesses, and governmental units that might find themselves insolvent or solvent on paper. And you're insolvent when you can't meet your bills as they come due. You just can't meet them uh, because you don't have uh, the income or the cash flow. Sometimes you have sufficient assets with equity, but it's just that you can't pull the equity out quick enough to pay your bills as you come due. So you're technically solvent on paper. So you can be insolvent on paper. That is to say, your assets are way less than your liabilities, and that would make you insolvent on paper. Or you could be such that you have a million dollars worth of uh, hard assets that are illiquid, and you can't pay your $10 Uh, cable bill as it comes due because you don't have any liquid assets. You can use bankruptcy in both uh, uh, scenarios, one to get time to turn illiquid assets into liquid assets, and the other one to figure out how you can increase your income so you can make your bills as they come due. Now, regardless of the cause of the financial distress or the insolvency, as the case may be, the law concerning bankruptcy provides the remedy that is spelled out in Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution, which in effect cedes to the United States Congress, that is to say the legislative branch of government, the power among others listed to establish uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcy throughout the United States. And these uniform laws are the subject of uh, uh, the bankruptcy, and it's currently manifest in the United States Bankruptcy Code, the Federal Code of Bankruptcy Procedures, along with the appropriate federal and state statutes and uh, case law, uh, both federal and state uh, case law, dealing with the relationship of and the rights and duties among debtors and creditors. So today I want to give you an update on the major revision to the bankruptcy code. 
that is intended to make filing for, obtaining a confirmation order, and getting out of uh, bankruptcy with a discharge if you're a small business owner, uh, this new section of the bankruptcy code is supposed to make it easier and more cost-effective for small businesses. And I'm referring to the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019, also known as the SBRA. Now, the SBRA was approved by Congress last year on August the 3rd, and it was signed into law by the president on August the 23rd, 2019, and it will take effect next Wednesday, February the 19th, 2020. Now, in giving his rationale for moving the bill forward in its markup hearing back on July 11th, 2019, Representative Gerald Nadler of New York, who chairs the Judiciary Committee, made the following statement about the Small Business Reorganization Act. He said the bankruptcy code either directly or indirectly affects millions of Americans and all types of businesses from the largest to the smallest. When the law works properly, it offers a critical economic second chance to individuals in business and financial distress. But various reforms are necessary to ensure that this critical goal of financial rehabilitation is effectively met. He went on to cite the the bill, which is H.R. 3311, the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019, makes a series of reforms to current bankruptcy law that is needed to better facilitate the financial reorganization of small business debtors. These reforms are, um, are endorsed by a nonpartisan National Bankruptcy Con- Congress as well as the American Bankruptcy Institute, an organization that I'm a member of and who I've been getting a lot of training uh, in preparation to share uh, this discussion with you. Uh, Representative Nadler goes on to say, H.R. 3311 strikes or struck an important balance between the heightened administrative oversight of these types of cases and the provisions intended to streamline the bankruptcy reorganization process for small business debtors. Among its principal features, the Small Business uh, Reorganization Act requires the appointment of an individual to serve as a trustee in a small business Chapter 11 case to monitor the debtor's reorganization process towards confirmation of the reorganization plan. In addition, it authorizes the court to confirm a plan over the objection of the debtor's creditors under certain circumstances. I'm stepping out for a bit. That is really different because under the current uh, Chapter 11, you have to get a certain number of your creditors to go along with your reorganization plan, okay? Back into uh, uh, Chairman Nadler's uh, statement here. The bill also includes two provisions not limited to small business Chapter 11s pertaining to the treatment of transfers of, of property, real or uh, a personal property by the debtor made before the filing of the bankruptcy case that is known as a preferential treatment. So a preference is where you make a payment to one of your creditors prior to filing for bankruptcy, which tends to let that one particular creditor do better uh, outside of bankruptcy than the rest of your creditors. And so that's a preference and uh, 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 
the debtor in possession or trustee tends to want to pull that money back in to redistribute it uh, on a pro rata basis. Now, this new uh, Chapter 11, it requires that the trustee or the debtor do some due diligence before they seek to recover the preference so as to not put um, um, resources, limited resources, to bad use. And so if uh, the trustee or the debtor in possession knows that uh, there are good defenses, affirmative defenses for the preference, they shouldn't waste anybody's time going after it. And also up the ante, that is to say, uh, the amount that a preference can be used. So we're going to take a break right now, but when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on the new Chapter 11. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on today's topic, the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019 that takes effect next Wednesday, February the 19th, 2020 at the bankruptcy court near you. So here are the main features of the new provisions in the Bankruptcy Code dealing with the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019. Now, because I don't believe in recreating the wheel, I've been doing a lot of research on this, going to several training sessions, some sponsored by the court, others sponsored by organizations that I belong to, and just basically reading stuff. And so as I don't believe in recreating the wheel, here's a very succinct statement on the Small Business Reorganization Act's major features, and it was written by a creditor's attorney. Her name is Elania Matthews, and it was published on her firm's website. Ms. Matthews says, small businesses which are either organized entities such as corporations or limited liability companies or individuals operating a business qualify as small business debtors under this new act if the business has no more than $2,725,625,000, okay, so about $2.7 million of secured and unsecured debt that's combined at the time of the bankruptcy. Currently under the Chapter 11 law, there are different rules for individuals, small business debtors, and regular, that is to say, big business debtors. Even with the existing expedited proceedings for small business debtors, it is still expensive and time-consuming to file bankruptcy under Chapter 11, especially when compared with the expedited and form-driven procedures that you would find in a Chapter 13, which is reserved just for individual debtors, and Chapter 12s, which are reserved for small family farmers and small family fisher-person businesses. With the passage of the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019, small business debtors who elect to file under this new subchapter 5 of Chapter 11 will now be able to expeditiously obtain the confirmation of a Chapter 11 reorganization plan. They will also obtain some additional incentives for electing treatment under this new Chapter 5 and will be subject to a bankruptcy trustee's oversight, which is something new for Chapter 11. It's generally what happens if you have a Chapter 11, you file a Chapter 11, you are, that is to say, the debtor's management, 
is the debtor in possession and they act as a trustee. And if they're not acting properly, then one or more parties to the bankruptcy, including a creditor or the Office of the United States trustee, can move the court to have a trustee placed in to get rid of a debtor in possession who's acting improperly. But under this new Chapter 5, there's going to be an appointed Chapter 11 trustee from jump. So that is to say small businesses cases filed under subchapter 5 of Chapter 11 will be in many ways very similar to cases filed under Chapter 12, which has a trustee from jump, or a Chapter 13, which has a trustee from jump. Ms. Matthews goes on to state that, The most significant changes to Chapter 11 under the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019 include, again, the appointment of a bankruptcy trustee. Currently, in a small business case under Chapter 11, the bankruptcy trustee is only appointed if the debtor, also known as the debtor in possession, because the debtor is in possession of the assets of the bankruptcy estate, as opposed to a trustee being in possession of those. And debtors in Chapter 11 are also known as DIPs, again, debtor in possession. So, again, under a normal, in quotation marks, Chapter 11, a bankruptcy trustee is only appointed if the debtor is abusing the bankruptcy system and a party in interest, such as a creditor, files a motion and obtains a court order appointing a trustee to oversee the business. However, under the new Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019, a bankruptcy trustee will automatically be appointed to oversee the case by hopefully ensuring that the debtor will work meaningfully towards confirmation. The trustee will also receive planned payments from the debtor, which the trustee will then distribute to the debtor's creditors, similar to what happens today in a Chapter 12 or 13. Now, there are also some deadline changes. Many of the deadlines contained in the new Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019 are expedited to encourage an efficient plan confirmation process. So after filing a case under the new program, the Small Business Reorganization Act, the court will hold its first status conference no later than 60 days after the filing. A small business debtor under this subchapter 5 must file a public report with the court outlining his or her efforts to confirm the plan. The public report must be filed no later than 14 days before that 60-day status conference, and the debtor must file a plan no later than 90 days after the case is filed. This time frame is much shorter than the current Chapter 11 requirements, which offer 300 days to file a plan. The time frame is also shorter than it is for individuals under or big business Chapter 11 debtors, which have no deadline within which to file a plan. So again, under the current law, there's a special provision for small business debtors. They have up to 300 days. They get 180 days, and then they can apply for more time, and then they have to file their plan or get their cases booted. Now, for big businesses, there is no deadline, but the debtors and or the Office of the United States trustee or the court on its own volition can say, hey, this case is starting to smell like fish and we need to get it out of here. And they can then implement or state a date when the case must be filed. But under this small business new scenario, subchapter five, there are hard deadlines. Now, in the law, hard deadlines 
can always be, uh, there can be a request to have an extension, but it's going to have to be for a very good reason for the extensions to be granted by the court. Because again, this process is all about expediting the process and thereby keeping the costs down and hopefully getting the debtor some relief sooner rather than later. Now also, who may file a plan? Under existing Chapter 11 law, both for transactional and small business cases, only debtors may file a plan during a limited time period known as the exclusivity period. Currently, small business debtors have 180 days, which they're the only ones that can file a plan, while traditional individual debtors' exclusivity period is 128. So small businesses, 180 days. You can go back and ask the court to give you more time. If you're a regular PG&E kind of big debtor, 120 days initially for exclusivity because under the current existing bankruptcy law, creditors can file plans and bondholders can file plans, and that's what has happened in PG&E. But under the new Small Business Reorganization Act, only the debtor can file. So after the debtor's exclusivity period Any party, including the debtor's creditors, again, under existing law, may file a plan, which, if confirmed, is binding on the debtor and all the other parties. Under the new Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019, only the debtor uh, may propose a plan of reorganization, period, end of uh, paragraph, end of story. No other parties may propose a plan for the debtor at any time. Now, also... Under uh, this new Small Business Reorganization Act, there's the ability to cram down creditors. Now, small business debtors, um, uh, they have the ability to, um, it'll give them greater ability to confirm a plan over the objections of unsecured creditors, known as a cram down, or significantly modify the rights of creditors. Small business debtors under subchapter 5 may have a plan confirmed over the objection of unsecured creditors so long as the plan is known and uh, can prove to the court that it's fair and equitable. Those are terms of art in in bankruptcy parlance. Under subchapter 5, fair and equitable plan must pay all projected disposable income of the debtor for the first three to five years of the plan. This is different from the term fair and equitable under the current laws and it will be easier for a debtor to confirm a plan. Again, fair and equitable means something. Uh, there are There is case law as to what it means in a chapter 11 and I won't make your, your, you crazy by explaining to you, but now being uh, fair and equitable to the creditors is the debtor turning over all of his or her Net disposable income for at least three, but up to five years, that'll be considered fair and equitable. And also, uh, a a thing that I'm very excited about, because a lot of my clients, their houses are on the line, you also can have the ability to cram down your mortgage. Uh, Under existing laws, you cannot do that. But say you borrowed money uh, on a line of credit, and you use that money, that line of credit, to start a business, you might be able to cram that down under the new provisions of the bankruptcy code. Existing now is if the loan is related to your mortgage and it's not underwater, 
there aren't provisions for you to cram down those second mortgages or or lines of credit. Uh, but again, there's a stick uh, stickler here. The money that you took out of your house that you want to cram down had to be used for your business, not to uh, redecorate your or remodel your kitchen or redecorate your your uh, your family room. So. Now, I've heard from some of you out there in Radio Land who thought that having a bankruptcy was too expensive. Now might be a good time for you to reach out to me again because it might be cost affordable for you to look at it now. Now, with that saying, as I always say here in Selling's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, especially when we want to keep our businesses afloat. So, and take care until next time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.